bald and balding people and welcome back to those bald chicks your favorite alopecia podcast i'm Paige, and i'm here with Kristen and the lovely rachel hughes hello everyone (laughs) (laughs) she is our sixth guest on the bald pack journals and we're so excited for you to be here so just kind of dive into introducing yourself explaining what type of hair loss you have and just tell us about your journey so far Yeah, of course. So hi, everyone. My name is Rachel. You can probably tell by my accent. I'm from England and I have a type of hair loss called trichotillomania. Now, if you can't say that, totally understandable because it took me years to learn how to say it and I've had it since I was 14 and I'm now 30. It's basically a form of hair loss that involves pulling hairs from anywhere on your body. Usually, though, it's from your scalp, eyelashes or eyebrows. That's where the majority of people pull from. But, you know, it can be anywhere. And it's done to to the point where it shows up bald patches or even you know maybe you're entirely bald because of it so it can be quite a difficult thing for people to experience because it means like the same as alopecia it means you don't have a sort of conventional appearance with your hair and a lot of people will turn to hats covers and wigs and things like that to cover it up it's classed as an obsessive compulsive related behavior so it's not an actual OCD in itself it's just very similar to that because of the repetitive motion of doing it And people do have it to varying degrees. Some people do it a little bit and you can't even tell. Some people do it a lot and it, you know, it affects their life quite badly. Some people might do it for a short period of time or on and off. Me, myself, I've been doing it, like I said, since I was 14 and I've now just buzzed my hair because I find it easier just to not have the hair there to pull out. It's made my life a bit easier and then I wear wigs to cover it up. Um, so I guess that's a general overview. I don't know if there's any anything more specific or more detail anyone wants me to go into, but that's yeah. a sort of generic overview. So how do you get diagnosed with it? Do you go to the doctor or for alopecia, people with alopecia, we go to the dermatologist. That's usually how it starts for us is people go, go to the dermatologist and then you get diagnosed with alopecia. So how did that happen Mm -hmm. for you? So for me, well, I started when I was 14 and my mum sort of noticed and she looked it up on Google and I think she knew what it was called before we went to the doctor, but because I was so open with my parents, we did get it officially diagnosed very earlier on. So I went to my general practitioner doctor and they just they'd never heard of it but then they looked it up and realized that yes that's what I did have and then I went to counseling over the years as well for it as well I don't know if it's different in the US and Canada because I think for dermatology you often have to pay here so whereas with the GPs so it's different which is why everyone tends to go to the GP as like their first resort so yeah usually it's diagnosed but I think people can know they've got it without having gone to any sort of medical professional Okay, I gotcha. So we have a couple of questions for you too, just because we're brand new to learning about this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, What is one important, like a couple of important facts uh, to know about your type of hair loss that you would like people to know more about? Yeah, so apparently it affects something like 2% of the population, which is the same amount of people in the world that have green eyes. So um, it affects, yeah, a, a lot of people. And I think when I first sort of was open about having trick, as we call it to save using the incredibly long word every time, <laughs> yeah. um, quite a few people I worked with or I've been friends with in the past said, oh, I have this or I used to have it. And, you know, you don't realize how many people have it. So a lot of people do have it. 
I think another one is that it is classed as an obsessive, compulsive and related behaviour. So it's a good way to explain it to people to say that it is related to OCD behaviours. And another one, I guess, is that it seems to affect more women than men, but we're not actually sure if that's true and whether it's just that men tend to not come forward as much about it as women do. So it'd be more interesting to hear things like that. So there's some like really good facts to have going forward just to know some general stuff. We've been doing this guest, you're, as we said, you're the fifth or sixth guest, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. There's been a couple of people that have said, you know, a lot of women come out about their hair loss more than men's, especially mm-hmm. on social media. You don't really see that many men with hair loss on social media. So it would be interesting to see more men come out about it and talk about it and come on our podcast and talk about it just because it's a different perspective and it's a different look at how people deal with hair loss, you know? So that's, mm-hmm. really, that's really interesting. What's one message you would like people to understand when it comes to your type of hair loss? I guess that it doesn't mean that you're weird or a freak because I think a lot of people think because the motion is actually caused by your hand, it's your hands that are doing it. It's almost like when I grow up and I know a lot of people feel the same way that it's something that you're choosing to do or that you're doing to yourself and you can change that quite easily, which is just not the case. It's obviously something in your brain. Like I know it's been linked to things like Tourette's before and you wouldn't tell someone just not to have Tourette's, would you? So yes, it's not something that makes you weird and it's not something that you're doing. It's not a naughty behaviour. It's just something that's happening to you. And I think that's a really important message and it's something I'm saying time and time again to people when they private message me you know just saying I feel weird or my parents have told me that I'm weird and they don't know what to do so just remember that it doesn't mean you're weird right I feel like that's so important to to get to younger people as well because I know you know people deal with bullying and everything in school and I feel like it's so important for people that have hair loss to realize like you're not weird this is just a part of who you are it's part of your personality or what happens and it's so hard to get that message across so I think it's so important for people to use their platforms to try and push that message because so Mm -hmm. many people have a hard time understanding that you know yeah did both of you get alopecia did you did you get it quite young I got it at 13 yeah 13 yeah and uh page was 22 right okay so similar age to me then at 13 like did you experience bullying in school I sure did. So I was the only kid that was allowed to wear a bandana and it got Mm -hmm. pulled off and rumors about having cancer and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. Friends leaving me, you know, the whole gambit. Yeah, same. So it's really difficult. And like what you were just saying about, it's really important that we learn not to bully and teach children about messages and that it doesn't make someone weird is so important going forward. Absolutely. Exactly. I totally agree. So you said you shave it off. So is that to prevent your hands from going and grabbing mm-hmm. okay so I would say that it doesn't remove the urge it just means that obviously there's always going to be a few hairs that are at the back of your neck usually that are longer and you can pull them so I know that the urge is still there because I do that but it just means that I can't do it to the extent that it creates bald patches when I first I buzzed my head a few times before and this time around I did it about three months ago so I'm mostly grown back in now in about a month I'll, I'll probably have fully grown buzz cut but I know if I let it grow out again I'll just start pulling it again and I guess just buzzing it just gives me some relief or a break rather than actually breaking the cycle and stopping the urges right and so like the wig is a the wig's Mm. a barrier kind of to that the the wig definitely helps it definitely helps but I don't wear it um I mean I don't know if if both of you wear wigs yeah sometimes yes sometimes not (laughs) yes because it can 
it can get a bit uncomfortable as you as yeah. I'm sure you know so I don't tend to wear it in the house when I'm like in the evenings watching tv with my husband and stuff so it acts as a barrier but it's not it's not a permanent barrier and I, right. I don't have it all the time right absolutely throughout your hair loss journey who would you say that were around you that supported you during it and talked to you through mm-hmm. it and some resources that kind of helped you through your journey yeah so I was really really well I, sh- I shouldn't use the word lucky but I feel like I was because I feel like all parents should be like this so I was really lucky that I had very very supportive parents from day one my mum spoke to a doctor for me we went to counseling you know she was always really nice about it so I was always felt like I could be open with her so for me personally like I had a really good family system though I do know from a lot of direct messages that isn't the case for a lot of people you know across across the world especially in as they're using their words in certain cultures as well struggle with it so I was lucky in that respect even though I didn't have a hundred percent good interactions with doctors like sometimes like I say they didn't even know what it was or they'd say something quite condescending I would still say it's really really important to speak to a doctor or a medical professional and even if therapy doesn't stop the pulling, getting like like speaking therapy is really good to help you deal with the low self-esteem you might be feeling because of it or the anxiety that kind of causes it or triggers it or then the anxiety you experience as a result. So I think that definitely trying to get some form of speaking therapy if you can afford it or if you can get it for free somehow because in England you can get it for free on a waiting list I would say that's really really important and invaluable and everyone should try it at least once I'd say they're they're the two best support systems I had and then if you again if you don't have a very good support system at home as you two know this uh, this Instagram community has been absolutely amazing so speaking to other people like you in the same situation I think makes you feel so much better yeah that's actually one of the main reasons why we wanted to do this too is because we only touch on alopecia we don't want to talk about other hair losses by ourselves because we don't Mm. know everything that comes with it so Mm -hmm. opening that door to other places to go to reach out to someone that possibly has the type of hair loss they have is so important I never Mm -hmm. did that and I pushed that more than anything I think Mm -hmm. when I talk about it because I never reached out to anyone I didn't want to I was scared and I just didn't want to get judgment. I didn't want people to possibly tell someone else that I had it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree. This Instagram community is something special, truly. Definitely. It really is. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about when I was when I was a teenager or when I was younger, I'd be just terrified of telling, even if you trust one person, if they tell another person, you don't know who yeah. they're going to tell or how they're going to react. So it is very, it can be quite a lonely experience. Like you say, this Instagram community, so you could make like an anonymous account oh, where yeah. you don't have a picture on and speak and still speak to people, which I get a lot of messages and I'm sure you two do as well yeah. from people like that. So it's just, I've just found it absolutely amazing, to be honest. Yeah, it's incredible how many people you can meet that are all around the world. It's mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing, especially like we've done a couple of like Zoom meetings with people all around the world and just to see different people and interact with different people. It's pretty amazing. And it makes you feel like you're not alone. That feeling Definitely. of being alone just lifts away when you talk to people. Mm-hmm. Are lost, so. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, speaking to people around the world is also sort of almost like in what other situation would you get to do that? You know, what other yeah. situation would it be on a podcast with a Canadian woman and an, an American woman? Yeah, and an right. English woman? <laughs> A lucky it's, it's almost like there's very much a silver line into this problem and this and this is it absolutely I totally agree it's crazy because we talk that all the time we're like this is so insane that you know when we start traveling again we could possibly meet people wherever we go that have alopecia and that excites us so much because we're like yeah, yeah. that just makes traveling so much easier and less stressful because mm-hmm. you could just go meet up with someone that has hair loss you know what I mean mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah 
it's super exciting. Have you two ever had the opportunity to meet people in person? Once. Just once. once. Yep. I, I know Baltaraj, Chris and I are part of it. They meet each other all the time in the U.S. Yeah. And I haven't been able to meet any of them. Kristen hasn't been able to meet any of them. No. Open soon. The U.S. and Canada are such big countries because I'm in England. I've met quite like about two or three people, but it's such a small country. It's so much easier, isn't it? You know, right? Um, That's incredible, though. Yeah, I've got one person called Kate who I speak to quite regularly, but I've met at least three people I think in real life and because of it but like I say it's like you're driving a couple of hours and you know you're in a totally different place whereas you guys are in huge countries aren't you so it's a lot more difficult (laughs) I think it takes me 35 hours to get to Kristen if I drove so yeah (laughs) yeah, it's quite a while quite a while yeah yeah. Yeah. um so one day we will meet one day yes (laughs) we talk about it (laughs) so what are some misconceptions about trick that people have yeah, so I think I've mentioned this uh, already, but definitely that it, it means you're weird or that you're, you're sort of unstable already. It's not, it's just, it's one of those things. It's unfortunate, but like alopecia, it, it happens to people and it's only one small part of who you are. It doesn't reflect on any other part of your personality. Often, as I'm sure you've found with alopecia, it me, I find that people with trick are a lot more compassionate than the average person. And yeah. same with people with alopecia because of what they've been through. They're a lot more sort of sensitive to people's feelings and easier to talk to in that respect. So the fact that it makes you weird or in need of more help than the average person, I think that is one of the main misconceptions, I would say. Definitely. Yeah. Have you ever gotten people, I know people with alopecia all the time get this question and rude comments about you possibly having cancer. Do you ever get Mm -hmm. those questions? Mm -hmm. It's like that too, that people just jump to a conclusion and that kind of shows Mm -hmm. you not many people know about hair loss other Mm -hmm. than, oh, if you have hair loss, you must have cancer. That's Mm -hmm. everybody's go-to. So it's like, oh, it's just so frustrating because you don't, I feel like I don't know how to respond to that because I don't want to be rude to obviously people that have cancer. So I don't even know how to make my way around that and be like, nope, definitely not. Don't know why you go to that. I guess yeah I I think for me I've never had anyone say it in real life but because I've been so good at covering it up until I decided to be open about it nearly two years ago yeah I've I've only ever had it on Instagram but yeah I wouldn't like say how do you respond to that other than just say no yeah I don't right exactly it's just so crazy how people are so quick to ask questions if you're a little bit different if they know Mm -hmm. that you're wearing a wig if they notice that you're wearing hats or or head wraps more often people are so quick to pick up on those things I think that's a huge part of why it makes us scared to kind of go out there and talk about our alopecia or hair loss because it's like so many questions come with it and that can be kind of daunting you know Mm -hmm, Um, definitely yeah it's just so crazy I know we have like a million more questions so Chris is gonna (laughs) ask a couple I've been kind of yeah that's fine yeah okay all right so what tips or advice would you give someone that just got diagnosed so I'd say in terms of advice, I would say they're going to feel like the end of the world because it does. I mean, when I was a teenager, the amount of nights I just spent crying and crying. And I think knowing that it will take you however long it takes you to come to terms with that, there's no rush and there's no race to come to terms with it, And it, but it will happen eventually. And the, But there will be some days where you struggle and some days where you don't, but it'll get easier just to like sort of set it off. Like don't expect to be accepting of it overnight. I would say if you looking to reduce the amount that you pull 
there are definitely ways of doing that seek talking therapy like I said because I do think that will help with low self-esteem and potentially anxiety because I do find that most people with trick have anxiety because I think that's a major trigger for it so it'll help you to deal with that and then use physical barriers so things such as bandanas and hats like we've discussed maybe put plasters on your fingers remove yourself from certain situations where you find you're pulling more and change the situation you're in and a lot of these tips can be found online or through people with instagram's trick accounts so i've got stories about different ways to reduce pulling like i've got it as a highlight and i know other people do so that's the best ways to reduce it and then also i would also say though i think most people who listen to this podcast probably already do this create an instagram account whether you want it to be um, anonymous you don't have to have a picture or your real name on there and just reach out to people and sort of absorb yourself in this community because it is such a a loving and supportive place to be um yeah so I think they're the main the main things and just the main advice would be don't don't make yourself feel like you need to change everything about yourself straight away because it'll take you time to come to terms with it absolutely that is such good advice like don't feel pressured just Mm -hmm. go at your own pace type of deal Mm -hmm. definitely Yeah. yeah It's your journey. So take it, you know, one step at a time as you need to, right? So definitely. Because I know for me, there was a goal of mine that I wanted to go out of the house bald last year. And so Mm -hmm. I did it, but I was so uncomfortable the whole time, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, why am I forcing this on myself just Mm -hmm. to prove a point to who? So it was just kind of like, no, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do this at my own speed. I'm still going to, you know, advocate for alopecia, but it's okay to wear the wig if I need to wear the wig outside. It's a hundred percent. And I think people with alopecia say this a lot on the community. Like it's not your responsibility to make other people feel more comfortable with your situation. That it's their responsibility to learn more about your situation. And it's exactly. so helpful too when you make that account or whether it's fake or right now you have your account and you turn it into your hair loss, which is what mm-hmm. happened to me. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Same. Reading other people's stories helped me. Because I, I would read somebody's story, be inspired by it, understand it and be like, oh, I want to talk about that too. Or that sparked my interest to talk about different things. So I think it's so important to read other people's experiences because you can relate and relating is one of the most freeing feelings because you don't like I said feel alone yeah I mean I assume it's the same with alopecia but I get people messaging me to do with trick all the time saying that you know until they found this Instagram community they thought they were the only people in the world that did this or that had this and I assume it's the same with alopecia so like you say it's really important to see other people's stories and reach out yeah I thought I was the only person on the planet Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. thought I was just very unlucky Yeah, Yeah, I felt the same way when I, especially like 13, because I didn't have internet. So (laughs) definitely use social media to your benefit these days. Definitely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's going to lead us into our next question, which is what made you start advocating and spreading awareness about your hair loss? So I guess I kind of got to the point, I've had this Instagram account, it'll be two years in June, so about a year and a half. And it got to the point where I was just sick of feeling terrible about the way that I look and my condition basically and because of the pandemic and lockdown I went from working in an office every single day to working from home and I've seen other people such as there's a person who's got Instagram called my underscore trick underscore journey Hattie and I was kind of inspired by people like her and other Instagram accounts to do with alopecia just to be just to think well if I make this account whilst I'm not in the office and I don't have to deal with everyone's questions as soon as I go into work every day it'll mean that I'm free finally to 
tell everyone on the internet without actually having to speak to someone face to face which I find really uncomfortable even to this day I still find it uncomfortable sometimes to explain that I wear wigs um, and why and I can do it before I need to go back into the office and I can just make my life easier and maybe help some other people too and I was just it's just the best decision I ever made and I knew people would be fine but they reacted so much better than I thought they were going to like I got so many lovely messages from people that I work with and people that I'm friends with who had no idea and everyone was just so supportive and I do understand that obviously not everyone's in that position like I get a lot of messages from people who say their culture like doesn't accept people who wear wigs or their family's really horrible about it so I do realize I'm quite privileged to be in that position but it did make my life a lot easier I must admit and it's the best thing I ever did to do with my hair I completely agree I think one of my biggest fears before pushing that send button or post button was oh my god what am I gonna do with people at work but because of the pandemic and I was working from home too I'm like oh I don't have to deal with it mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll just push post because I don't have to go in for not, yeah it's been like two like three years well, now, two years. exactly so did you do the same thing then create the account in the pandemic so I yeah. had my personal account but it then just started to be my hair loss account Mm -hmm. and it just turned into that but I remember just didn't want the questions I was scared about the questions that came with like I just wanted to be able to post it and nobody asked me questions just be like yeah good job (laughs) you know which shockingly there weren't that many questions I thought there were going to be more and there weren't many so I feel like a lot of people need to realize that when you do post that post whenever you decide to the amount of support that comes from your family, your friends, your coworkers is insane. You didn't mm-hmm. even expect it. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's another good thing to get across is there's a lot of people out there that are just going to accept it. They're not going to be rude about it. I know there's rude no. people, but a lot of people are accepting, you know? Most, the vast majority of people, yeah. like if you surround yourself with good people and you're lucky enough to do that, then they, they will. Like you say, I didn't get a lot of questions. I just got a lot of support same as you yeah and it it was really good yeah but I still find it quite difficult I don't know if you're the same so I joined a new team at work and someone I worked with the other day said oh your hair always looks really nice it always looked really glamorous and I just said oh thanks because it was like an in-person thing I still struggle to say oh it's a wig and I've got this thing I'd rather she found my Instagram account I don't know if you two feel the same way or oh yeah Um, yeah I'd rather you just find my bald pictures that are out (laughs) on the internet and then come talk to me and ask me questions and then it's like you've already kind of read about me a hundred percent I think it was was it a couple of episodes ago Kristen where we were talking about how it's so much easier to post pictures talk about it online social media even on a zoom this is so much Mm -hmm. easier than if I were in person with someone standing Mm -hmm. right looking into their eyes like Mm -hmm. that freaks me out so much that's why it's a huge thing that I still wear wigs, still wear head wraps, beanies when I go out. I don't want that interaction. I kind of just want to walk out there with myself and only myself and not be the center of attention if I did. I think it's because you can control, like we can control what's seen on this little screen and control what you post, what your picture looks like, but you can't control anything out there. And I have this thing about the back of my head. I hate the way the back of my head looks. I don't know what it is. It's probably because I don't see it often, but Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, don't look at the back of my head. (laughs) Yeah. 
yeah. yeah no I totally understand and I think as well you know they might if someone does say something not that they usually do but if someone did say something rude or that made you uncomfortable if it's on a screen you can sort of like walk away from it and get right. annoyed but if you say it in person you've got to think what you've got to say right you there and then right yeah and it's yeah. just and you got to be professional if you're at work right like you can't just tell somebody off that's at your job so no exactly no <laughs> Yeah, it just brings on a lot of anxiety just thinking about it. I did the same thing that Kristen did too. Over, I think it was last summer, I decided to just go out, not completely bald, but I had a hoodie on just Mm -hmm. in case I freaked out, I could put my hood up. And of course I did. I feel like I 100% did that because I felt pressured too, because most of the people that were around me that I was talking to have done it or were doing it. And I was like, I'm going to be left behind. I got to go. Worst thing I ever did because my anxiety was through the roof. I, I was proud of myself, but after I'm like, why would I do that to myself? <laughs> Don't need to prove yourself to anyone. Right. Exactly. You And it's hard to understand that when you're going through the bad parts of your journey, because you want to be at the good parts, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be where other people are getting past those. That's really hard. I think that's why I felt so pressured to do it. So going on to the next question, let me see where we are on this list. What was the hardest hurdle for you to jump when it came to your hair loss? Oh, so I guess in general, it was accepting that it might be a part of my life forever. And when I say my, I'm pretty sure it is. I think unless some sort of fluke happens where I just stop, I can't see myself not having it forever. And I, I do sometimes struggle. I feel bad when sometimes people message me and and say how do you stop because I haven't like I did once for about 10 months but you know I've never done it for longer and I know some people do stop forever for example Hattie who I mentioned earlier has stopped for at least two and a half years I think so I know some people do stop yeah but I think just accepting for me personally that might not be the case for me was was very difficult to come to terms with and then making the account definitely helped with that and there are still days where I feel quite upset about it or I don't want to look in the mirror but those days are few and far between rather than every day like they used to be right so I'd say just acceptance was definitely the biggest hurdle but once it's happened and it happens you can't force it it just comes to you one day that's been so much better for me and the thing about acceptance that's important to know too is once you accept it it doesn't mean that you're never gonna have bad days again no I mean definitely not yeah I just dyed my hair pink a couple of weeks ago (laughs) that the hair that I had left and I needed change because I just Mm -hmm. I kept getting more and more bald spots. It kept appearing on the side of my head and it was giving me anxiety. It was giving me bad days. And I was like, I need a change. I need something different. I need to do something to look different. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to explain, but changing your wig, getting a different wig or, you know, Mm -hmm. buying a cheaper one and just popping on a different color helps me. So I feel like finding those things that help you with the bad days, that's key too. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Whatever helps you get through it. So on to the next one. What lesson took you the longest to learn? It could be in regards to hair loss or life or whatever you want to make this question. I guess not even 100% learned this yet, but a lesson that I find difficult to learn is that your hair loss, or in my case, my trick, is not in any way related to your self-worth. And the fact that your image is not related to your self-worth. So obviously society, the beauty industry, 
markets this look that you're supposed, you're supposed to look a certain way and if you don't then you're not worth as much yeah. and it's kind of trying to unlearn that which I still do because I still have days where I look in the mirror and I'm just like oh I don't like what I'm seeing why can't I look like everyone else and that's not just about my hair and you know everyone has insecurities about lots of different things about the way they look and I think for me that's going to be a lifelong battle and it'll get easier but learning that your the way you look isn't the most important thing about you and doesn't relate to your self-worth is very very difficult and an ongoing battle yep when we were kids there were magazines and that push of being skinny and looking this way and having this Mm -hmm. hair there's not really that push anymore with that people are talking about these things more people are opening up about their feelings and how different people look you know how there's disabled people and there's people with Mm -hmm. hair loss and there's Mm -hmm. just everything in between those perfect people that are on the billboards and everything because those people are few and far between I feel like that is almost unattainable because those people to me I, I don't think I've ever seen a perfect person everybody has something different about themselves whether it's their personality their looks their whatever and I feel like it's so important to keep pushing that message because man do we have a long way to go but we've also oh, definitely. come a far way you know like we've we've yeah. done a lot of improvements yeah so. I completely agree I think you'll see a lot as well like these people that look perfect on their Instagram posts or whatever it could be anyone it could be like Kim Kardashian and then you do see like untouched photos of these people yeah. that look perfect don't even look perfect they don't look yes. like that no one does Absolutely. no one is perfect so if we're kind of trying to get to this standard that they can't even get to themselves then we're just going to be fighting a losing battle forever completely agree i think we have a couple more questions two or three questions this can be about anything it doesn't have to be about your hair loss so what's your biggest fear and your biggest motivator in life Uh, i guess oh it's quite that's a difficult one (laughs) these ones are tough sorry (laughs) it's fine it's no it's not a bad question i would say probably my biggest fear is that because I've got mental health problems as well so I have anxiety I I have had depression in the past and I think my biggest fear is that my depression will come back or that it'll you know it'll carry on forever on and off and it kind of is all linked together with the trick because I do think I've got anxiety because of trick and things so I'd say that's my biggest realistic fear I'd say like I've got unrealistic fears like I'm really scared of sharks even though I don't (laughs) live anywhere near (laughs) sharks and stuff so I don't know if that so you definitely don't watch stuff like shark week or anything like that right (laughs) that's like really big here is shark week people love watching sharks oh god oh no I've got this thing called philosophobia you know you're scared of things in the ocean also that's my biggest like ridiculous phobia fear Mm -hmm. Um, my husband has that fear so you're you're okay yeah isn't it it makes me ill just thinking about it but say like my mental health becoming like a a serious issue forever or taking over my life is probably my my daily one I, I guess going on from that my biggest motivator is I read about mental health quite a lot and just trying to improve my mental health and not like I'm making it my mission to help other people's mental health because I'm not qualified I'm not a therapist or anything but you know hopefully maybe changing other people's perceptions about how you should be and how life should be and like going back into that conventional beauty and what that type of person is and just maybe thinking that you can change the world a little bit just by being for yourself and talking about your experiences I think that's a good motivator. That was a great that. answer. Yeah. That was yeah. a really oh, good answer. That was, that was a really good answer. <laughs> I panicked when you asked. I was like, I'm never going to be able to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's a tough one. I think every person that has been on so far at that question, they go, oh, 
Oh, no. <laughs> you know, uh oh, like this is a pretty deep question you just asked. Deep question. No. <laughs> we almost have to prompt people like, hey, just so you know, here's a couple of tough questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that was a that was a really good answer. So thank you. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> So what is one piece of advice that you would give someone new to hair loss or possibly regressing in their hair loss journey? So I think do what you've got to do to make your situation better. So some people have partners that are not supportive that make them feel bad about the fact that they wear wigs or they have alopecia or trick, like get rid of them. They're no good. There are plenty of nice people out there who want to be with you who do not care about that sort of thing or don't care in the wrong kind of way. And then sort out your life how you think is best. If that means getting wigs, you know, wigs aren't for everyone. I think wigs are more common with people with alopecia. That's my perception I do find a lot of people with trick aren't at that stage yet and I'm always encouraging people to it if they can afford it because it's like I, I don't know if you guys find this but I found it life-changing yeah just completely brought my confidence back so whether it is buzzing your head or getting away you just change your situation in that respect talking therapy I know I've said this a million times but mm-hmm. you can talk to friends and family like I, my mum's really supportive but at the end of the day she's biased because she's yep. my mum and she loves me so talking to someone that's unbiased who can give you unbiased advice is definitely one of my biggest pieces of advice I, I would give though I do realize saying all this you've got to be privileged to be able to afford wigs and therapy and things so Absolutely. just to preface it with that yeah so basically just do what you've got to do to get through your situation and there's no right or wrong answer yeah absolutely good advice Thank hey you. Rachel you're just coming with all the good stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is great I mean we were so excited for this too because we didn't know much about it you know we have found accounts that are t- talking mm-hmm. about your type of hair loss but we don't know what it's like to have it we don't know how to talk about it without someone that has gone through it so we appreciate being here Yes. Thank you so much. And same to you guys, because I have learned a lot about alopecia because you can make assumptions about alopecia and how it would be. But I've picked up on, on lots of different things, you know, just from different accounts, like, you know, people saying, you know, have you got cancer and stuff? And I see a lot of people get things like, oh, your hair loss isn't that bad or it's only hair. You know, people say things yeah. like that to you. It never even occurred to me that, you know, that people with alopecia might go through even slightly different things to people with trick do. Really, really great to see people with alopecia opening up about it and that means like I can learn from it as well yeah so thank you guys basically yeah yeah awesome thank you so much where could people obviously that listen that have trick uh follow you online and connect with you so they can reach out or follow your account so I have an Instagram account it's uh, at trick flick so it's t-r-i-c-h so it's trich but it's pronounced trick flick f-l-i-c-k so it's like chick flick but trick flick uh, so i have <laughs> an instagram account kind of about my hair yeah that's super cute you even pick up on that I that's love so that. cool <laughs> oh my god i absolutely love that that's great <laughs> i love chick flick so this is awesome yeah that's <laughs> yeah, awesome exactly. me too Talking about chicks, we have a little chick bit at the end, which is fun facts that we do at the end of every episode. So this time it is said that you have three faces. First face you show to the world. Second face you show to your close friends and your family. And the third face you show to anyone that is the truest reflection of who you are. So that's pretty cool, which I think is very true because everybody has different versions of themselves, right? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, definitely. 
yeah I, I think that's great because you're a different person at work to, to when you're with your partner to when you're at home so absolutely right you're still the same you but it's just tiny little variations of you because you don't want to mm-hmm. be like swearing up a storm with your parents at family dinner but you can nope. like kind of say and do whatever with your partner so and I think those faces also change over time you know like when you get more comfortable with somebody or even if you get more comfortable with yourself and you're like you know what this is how I'm going to present to the world today so yep well, thank you, Rachel. This has been amazing. If you guys want to get a hold of us, you can email us at thosebellchicks at gmail.com or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook. All of the links for everything you need is in our direct me, and that'll be in this episode's description. Until next time, folks, bald pack out.